Hello, welcome to Marcel's Medieval Magic, the podcast that has me, Marcel Losada, reading through and summarizing medieval texts with my friends who have not heard or read these texts at all because they all have lives. Today, we have one of my best friends on the call, Mr. Joe Pizzula. Joe, would you like to introduce yourself? This is me. I'm Joe Pizzula. Thanks for having me, Marcel. I'll see you later. <laughs> Take care, Joe. It was really fun. I'm glad we spent time together. Yeah, I love spending time together. <laughs> Absolutely. I will have you plug all your shit at the end, my friend. You can cuss on this podcast. Nobody gives a fuck. It's okay. Um, I don't know where you're going to find this podcast, but I will soon. Um, as soon as I record the next one, we'll be done. We'll be live somewhere. So I'll have actual information about where you can find it. And I will probably have to edit it in here so that you know where to find it. But That's where I'll be, right there. Absolutely. That's you heard where it you there first. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, we'll give Joe a space to plug whatever the fuck he wants to plug a little later. So, Mr. Joe Pizzula, do you know what uh, hagiography is? Hagiography. I, I don't. I have, I have no inclination whatsoever on what hagiography is. It's okay. Most people don't, uh, but it was huge in the Middle Ages. And so what hagiography is, is the study of saints' lives. Now, um, okay. I remember through our discourse, a little dialogue that was like literally maybe 30 seconds, two minutes ago, <laughs> that uh, you're Roman Catholic-y leaning, right? I was raised that way, yes. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's going to help you out here, I think, yeah. because... Uh, you're familiar with what, uh, who saints are, at least, right, in the Roman Catholic Church? I am. I am. Yeah, and they're kind of important, right? Like, they do cool shit. They do the coolest shit. Okay, they, yeah, They yeah. help you find things. They, they give right. you gifts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I 100% I, I agree. <laughs> and you're going to hear a story now of a, a saint. And I think there's actually a lot to say about this saint. And that's where I want to kind of wind it up for you. Um, the first thing that's really cool about this saint is it is a saintess. So uh, a Santa, uh, uh, if we want to get into Twist. the yeah, kind of Latin origin. Um, but it is a, a woman. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I think that's already kind of important, man. Um, if I'm being honest, because women get a bad rap in the church for like years. No, maybe still. what church are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so what do you know about that? Or what, what do, do you have an opinion about how women are treated in the Catholic church before we get started? Cause I, once we get started, we're on rails for like eight pages. So I would love to hear what you think. <laughs> No, I mean, I, as far as I know uh, and recall, they there was a bad rap, and there was just there's well, there is still is. There's not like an equal footing uh, for women in the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, it's it's for it took long enough for them to be able to be priests, right? Um, and it's just it's just not equal footing at all. And the, and the 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 deeper you go into religion and religious aspects, the the deeper that divide seems to be. I don't know of like super specifics, but I do know, I remember stories of, you know, grandparents and even my parents and cousins talking about just sort of the separation that you would, you would have in the church and the sort of need that the guy brings home the bacon and the woman kind of, kind of stays home and stays out of certain aspects of the church. I want you to remember that because uh, I think this text is going to challenge that in some ways and in some ways kind of reinforce that. 
and it's going to be weird. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a double, a twofer. It is going to be a twofer, but I ultimately agree with you. Like, uh, you know, I'm not religious, as uh, probably listeners to this have attested, but I delve into this shit all the time. Um, and, you know, I, I think you nailed it in, in the sense that there are a lot of underpinnings here of um, kind of feminism and what do you do with feminism in the Catholic Church? Right. And um, right. th those are kind of the bigger questions. Um, I, again, I'm not trying to weigh in on them too much right now. Maybe later I'll weigh in on them and where I stand, which is uh, very much pro feminism and anti religion. But let's get started on this text. Okay. So we have a, a text and it reads very simply uh, it's titled Margaret. Margaret. Not Margaret, it's just Margaret. It's Margaret, and it's M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T, Margaret. Margaret. Yeah, okay. There and George Shuffleton, who is our <laughs> editor for this one. Yeah, they all have Shuffleton. brilliant names. There's George Shuffleton, and there's a Mary Flowers on the one I'm doing with my brother. That oh, my God. Just fan fucking Shuffleton and Flowers, that, that <laughs> dynamic duo. Oh, my God, the right? Don't you just want to read songs their- on the couch together, yeah. Absolutely. Their exploits <laughs> together, I, I can only imagine. But uh, George Shuffleton has traveled history, my friend. That man knows. That man fucks. In my if you life. have a name like George Shuffleton, you better know history. I think he, yeah, he definitely does. I, I don't even think. It, it's proven at this point. This guy is a, a marvel. Excellent. So the text is very simply titled, as I mentioned, Margaret. Um, it's the same uh, title we'll see for Eustace which is uh, another hagiography about St. Eustace. That guy is really cool. You get uh, burned in a brazen bowl. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's okay. I might do a story later, but... that's That sounds cool. It sounds hot, but it's it sounds cool. Yeah, it's a copper bowl that you get uh, thrown into and baked into. Um, so... Yeah, uh, as one does. Yeah. yeah, well, I can't. Oh, that's one thing uh, I forgot to mention, but we should probably cover... Do you know what's uh, very common about saints in the Middle Ages? To put to death? Yes. In, yeah, in they all interesting die. ways. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They all die in horrible ways, but that's what makes them saints, right? right. They become martyrs. They become, um, you know, some kind of uh, figure that's meant to be seen as like suffering, exemplified, somebody who suffers for their faith, right? So, right. yeah, you do know that. Good for you, ma'am. Yeah. So this is not going to be a surprise that shit ends badly for Ms. Margaret. Oh, no. But how does it end? That's how we're going to find That's what we're going to find that's out. That's what we're going to find out, my friend. Okay. So we're going to start with uh, the beginning. The text, as I told you, is titled Margaret. And the narrative starts with a narrator. So we got somebody telling the story. And this is not uncommon in the Middle Ages because some of these might have been read. They might have been recorded, written down as somebody was saying this. Right, like yeah, oral um, history, oral text or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, because a lot of this, um, when we get these stories, writing is new. Um, it's starting to become affordable. Um, uh, the books, interestingly enough, don't have a necessarily like a, um, you know, uh, they're not, they're not written in genres. So like you could put prayers next to body tales, next to riddles, and it wouldn't matter. It's fine. Sure, it was all just writing down everything. Yeah, punctuation didn't even right. exist yet. Uh, editors put it in later. So, so it's like Twitter. It's There's like no Twitter. Punctuation. Everybody just writes whatever the fuck they yeah. want. 
And, uh, you know, we, it's like if, if you, if you printed out Twitter and you found it like 1500 years later in a zombie apocalypse, and then you dug it up and you made it whatever the fuck you wanted. That was maybe not 1500s, like a thousand years later. <laughs> so yeah. we're okay. So we're reading the Twitter of the middle ages, mm -hmm. the religious Twitter. That's actually a pretty Twitter. good way of looking at it. My friend, <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Uh, again, um, it's a comment beginning. Uh, it starts out with old and young that be here. Listen a while to me and what I shall say to you. So, you know, uh, Joe, are you old or young? I am. Okay. It sounds like this text young. applies yeah. to you. Um, yeah. And again, it's sort of this like is, the ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It's around. a super common beginning. Uh, presumably it was read again. Maybe this was recorded from somebody who was speaking it out loud to some monk in some monastery. Um, but it's also possible that it's just the way that this text was remembered. And the narrator uh, continues, how it befell upon a day of a virgin Farah and Sweeta, whose name was Margarita. Hey so again, of a virgin fair and sweet, whose name was Margaret, or, um, you know, if you want to keep the rhyme, all this shit rhymed, but it's not going to rhyme all the time when I'm reading it because uh, modern pronunciation kind of kills it. But in this one, um, I felt it was fun to kind of accent it. So uh, you could say, Virgin Fair and Sweeta, whose name was Margarita, or you could say a Virgin Fair and Sweeta, whose name was Margareta. Um, either way, man. I like Margareta because then it yeah. sounds very Italian. <laughs> it just sounds super Italian. Yeah. The Margareta sauce. So, because there's, anyway, yeah. Uh, the, the bottom line is that she's a virgin. She's sweet. She's very nice. Her name is Margaret, <laughs> Margarita, however you want to do this. Okay. So her father was a noble clerk. Okay. Uh, and a learned man and also a prince of high degree. And there was nowhere any man better. So we're definitely escalating in terms of the descriptions he's, we get at him. He's very elite. Shuffleton. Elite and his daughter is sweet. Yes. He's elite. <laughs> <laughs> His daughter is Sweeta. Uh, Shuffleton tells us it's common in medieval saints' lives to have uh, them, uh, the saints, be nobly born. So it's very yeah. common for them to have like parentage that is uh, badass, right? So there's not a lot of poor saints. No, God, no. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, they, they get poor eventually, and it helps them to, you know, kind of like fight the devil, I guess, later, sure. uh, as we'll see. But uh, they don't start poor. Nobody, come on. Right. You don't need Who money to fight the starts devil. For? Who yeah. important starts yeah. Great question for another podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is where it all starts, my friend. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the text gives us a setting for this narrative. And the narrator says that in Antioch, he had a wife. So talking about this, this man who was well off, right? So, and now we're in Antioch. And to give a Tennessee. little background... Uh, info, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's Antioch, Tennessee, right there. Think about it as that, or uh, as Shuffleton tells us, as a major city in the Roman Empire with a hybrid population of Greeks, Jews, and other groups, Antioch was one of the uh, early centers of Christianity. Though captured by crusaders in the first crusade and held for nearly two centuries, it fell to, and I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this name, uh, Mamluk Sultan Baybars in 1268. Mamluk, to, Mamluk the Barbarian. 
Indeed, yeah. An attempt to recapture the city led by the English King Edward I failed, and the city has remained in Muslim control and still to this day is known as Syrian Antioch. So that's ah, kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's he has a wife. A of the city. All right. Yeah, it's kind of you know. Uh, I I think it's interesting in terms of where they set the story. Now, so you're saying they they set the story here, but it's not necessarily where it took place. Uh, you're gonna see Antioch's okay. important. Okay, I'll say that. You know, like uh, so so they're setting the 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 tale. That's where um, mom and dad kind of met. Okay, all right. right? So um, so this guy that was uh, really cool, who uh, you know is the dad of Margaret. He has a wife in Antioch, so this is like origin stories, right? <laughs> and the text says that both were heathens all of their life, so they're, they're heathens. So they're they're rich heathens. Yes. Okay. He was a man of great power over all the country he governed. He was of false faith both by night and by day, and his name was Theodosius, a noble man of great fame. Theodosius. Yeah, and uh, Teddy. yeah, we can call him Teddy. I'm Teddy good D. with that. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, his name changes a couple of times here, but know that, yeah, uh, Teddy. Teddy was a, a a bad dude, I guess. I mean, he's rich and he's a heathen, but, you know, life seems to be going great for him, so I don't know if I can call he him a, a bad He guy. met a lady? Yeah, in, yeah. In Antioch? Yep, this he's is got, true. Yeah, he's got things going for him. So he knew ahead of time that he would have a daughter born to him as the uh, scriptor. And our editor tells us this is like a prophecy or an oracle. So he knows he's going to have a daughter who is going to be like otherworldly, right? Supernatural. And that when she was old, that she would become a Christian and believe in the Trinity. And almighty God who made us and all this world made from nothing. So he knows this that he's going to have this daughter is is teddy is the theodysius at this time a christian no the, he's okay. a heathen all his he's life heathen. Yeah. right so then he gets this message okay i'm gonna have a daughter who's who's gonna be a super christian right yeah and i don't know how he knows this but he just knows this um it says uh from an oracle maybe i don't know so okay. yeah he just knows that she's gonna be super christian sometimes you just know yeah you know, you a um, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll go with you. That's all right. Um, so her father commanded long ago that, um, so before she was born, she should be brought to death in whatever ways, um, was, uh, available. It literally says in what he said, which is like, uh, in what way he cared not. So, you know, she should be killed because she's going to be super Christian. Right. So, and okay. I feel like this is like Moses, you know, or Isaac or one of those, you know, like Christian uh, moments. There's a lot of like uh, Christians killing their kids. No. <laughs> is there? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, I there mean, is. if you've There's... read the Bible, like for real and didn't pretend it's... all your life. Yes. <laughs> I've read enough. I read those chapters. Uh, no, yeah, that is that is quite a Christian thing, isn't it? It's like show the sacrifice, but of of your kid, not of you. Right, and I think in this case, it's because uh, 
what do you call it? She's going to be super Christian. He's pagan. So he's right. like, uh, she's got to die. Right. Sure. Okay. Uh, but her mother that bored her. Uh, so, you know, the mother that birthed her, right. Uh, cared for her daughter greatly and planned ahead that as soon as she was born into, and this is interesting. So the, the land is called a Z Y. So it's Ozzy, right. But it's actually uh, Asia what is what Shuffleton tells us. So she's born into Asia. Um, the editor presumably tells us it's Asia Minor. And uh, in some, some stories, she sent like 15 miles away. But she's in like Asia Minor. They send her to Asia, India maybe, you know. Okay. Um, and that's where uh, she grows up. So Margaret is kind of Asian. Um, and... So her mother sent her to Asia to like save her or yeah, uh -huh. yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Cause mom was that. like, Hey, yeah. you know, I don't want my daughter to fucking die. Sir, that's know? my child. Come on. <laughs> sounds, yeah. yeah it sounds For real. reasonable. <laughs> yeah. It's probably I like the, the mom already. What's up? Reasonable yeah. thing in this whole story. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, you know, mom is like, yeah, let's send her to Asia minor, which is again, probably India. Um, you know, uh, it gets complicated. Because these uh, uh, territories shift all the time. So it's hard to know exactly where she Oh, I see. Not. Like geographically, yeah. it gets complicated. Like what, yes. exactly where they're talking about. And I see. Yes, exactly. And Asia can mean anything. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, um, what, what does that mean at this point, especially? Right. Um, map making isn't great. We're talking about a text, by the way, in the um, kind of early to mid uh, 15th century. So 1400s. Uh, okay. Map making is not great. I will tell you that, um, you know, and and journey. But, you know, what's interesting is that they know of Asia. Right. And like that's right. Uh, they kind of know, like on a map, it's a blob. So they know it's there. It exists. Right. It's a piece of land there, but no one's really kind of, you know, honed the sketching down with a pen. Right. And the people that have um, probably do know, um, but it's treacherous. You know, it's really hard and it's uh, also one of those things that maybe it just doesn't have the same, um, I, don't want, I don't know how to say it, but maybe like, uh, it's just not as articulate as it would be today, right? Like you have GPS, I can take you wherever you want, you know, and, and we know what Asia means in very defined terms. I don't think people in the middle ages thought that, you know, like Asia was a more flexible term back then. Right. The, the, there's no hard borders. Right. Yeah. That's a better way to think about it. You know, there's kind of territories uh, anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. getting into a greater <laughs> point about the middle ages, but yes. And we're not cartographer. This isn't cartography talking. No, it's not. Um, so I'm going to move on here, but uh, uh, so anyway, um, there's a messenger that went forth to a nurse that lived there, right. With our young Margaret, who's uh, living in Asia or Margaret, however you want to pronounce her name. Uh, and that uh, made sure that she was educated. And uh, this messenger uh, took with him a great deal of money to provide for that young maiden and that the young maiden was taken care of there and nourished and educated as uh, needed be. Now, it turns out Margaret was fair and comely of cheer and of her beauty, she was fair and clear. Literally, it tells us of her beauty, fairer and clearer. Everybody loved her in that country, old and young that saw her. Uh, when she grew old, when she waxed more in age, 
and had understanding and knowledge, she took to Christ's lore, uh, which means she followed Christ's teachings and believed in him forever after. So she's super hot and she believes in Christ. Super hot, clean skin, waxes, and, <laughs> and Jesus is her man. Like she's getting ready to meet Jesus. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I've seen these women on Tinder. So they, they definitely and, but she's exist. smart. She knows how to get oh, but she's where smart. she's going. <laughs> well, you know, you've seen these women on Tinder. That's absolutely true. That, that's, and yes. that's an incorrect statement. But you did you dig. Uh you dig. I will edit this as much as you want me to later. <laughs> but I will also keep it because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, and just it like is true. Marguerite. Margaret. Absolutely. So the nurse that kept her, uh, the nurse that kept Margaret, Margaret, whatever you want to call her, from despair. <laughs> so this nurse had seven children that were fair, and she fair. kept yeah. her seven children well. The eighth okay. of her children was called Christ's Maiden of Heaven, which I'm guessing is Margaret. So it's kind of like saying, I think, in a very long roundabout way that like, this woman who has seven kids, Margaret is kind of badass and like super um, holy among them. Sure. Okay. So it's either way. Hang on. I thought is this the nurse that has seven kids? Yeah, or the mom? nurse has seven kids. So it's not Margaret's mother. No, the nurse. The eighth kid of this nurse is the maid, Christ maiden of heaven, who is Margaret, apparently. This is all really hard, by the okay. way, I got to say to parse out, like, because uh, the texts are not very forthcoming about it's not very obvious. It is not obvious. No. Yeah, this is a lot of work that I have to do. But from mm. what I understand, yes. So uh, Margaret is this eighth kid that's in this woman's charge. And then it says both of heaven and hell, she, Margaret, could tell good tales and what they should have as a reward as they deserved indeed. And how both St. Lawrence and St. Stephen suffered martyrdom steadfastly. So the editor totally helps here and says uh, that uh, there's two really famous Christian martyrs who are St. Lawrence and uh, who was killed uh, by Emperor Valerian in 258 AD by being roasted on a gridiron. And mm. St. Stephen is usually considered the first martyr of the Christian church. His death is by stoning, recounting Acts 6 through 8. So Margaret knows about these saints' lives, and she teaches her family about that. And so that's what they know about her, is like she knows these stories about saints who have been killed uh, by Christ, even though um, she shouldn't know about them. So that's like her magic power. Got it. Okay, so she's recounting the deaths of these saints. Right, yeah. With, without, like, with, without being told, we don't know. Right, yeah. But she's yeah, like, it's really? It's kind of mystical. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. yeah, yeah. That she knows these things is yeah. mystical. Um, and then she knows about how many other servants of Christ suffered pain and woe and how they took their martyrdom all for Christ's sake. So she's, you know, from a young age, she knows how saints died, I guess. I don't know. She's, into, like made bullshit, <laughs> she's, in, she's into death. 
she's into knowing about death, learning about death and saints and just pulling it all together, trying to figure out, trying to figure out how to get through. Uh, you're not wrong. The text goes on and says she recounted the legend of many saints to both man and wife. And when she was 15 years old, she was a fair woman and bold. So we get some of that rhyme back. Get that rhyme back. When, whenever I can, I try to slip it in. Um, <laughs> her nurse set her to keep busy in the field to feed her sheep. Her fellows would see her when she would make her prayers. So she, uh, you know, she's a shepherd. She's out, uh, which is a very, like, you know, religious kind of thing for her to be. But she's right, got it out there. Yep, exactly. She's got a flock of sheep, and she will stop and make prayers. So in that country, there was a king, a noble man of great cunning. And king and cunning kind of rhyme here, so I tried. He was a king of great might, and he was called Alibrius. Alibrius. Uh-huh. He's going to be important. Okay. Alibrius. Is he a bookman, library? Uh, sure. <laughs> Whatever you want, Joe. So all Asia, as I tell you, or so, so says our narrator, right, uh, was his own to give or to sell. So he owned all of Asia. So he's important. Uh, he, like I told he's you. He's doing okay. Yeah. yeah. He's all right. Uh, so he served all day and night his false gods. Uh, and I tell you again, uh, this is the narrator, not me telling you that, that he served uh, ever the devil of hell and Christian people he did kill from Antioch to Asia and more than 50 miles around, he used his power to slaughter and harass Christian men. So, you know, he has limits, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're more than 50 miles from Asia, you good, boy. You, you know, you do whatever you want. Sure, yeah, you got to keep it clear. You got to know who's right in front of you. And 50 miles is, that's, that's a good distance. He's got a restraining order on, on certain people. At yeah, and I don't, uh, to me, really, Asia seems like more than 50 miles, right? But yeah. Olibrius is, I guess, maybe a mile back then was very <laughs> interpretive. You could really, I it's relative, right? <laughs> you are correct, Joe. Yeah. So it says, with war and strife, um, he left but few people alive. So Olibrius is a fucking badass, right? He kills all sorts of people. Until it befell upon a day as he rode by the way. He saw that lovely maiden, so he saw Margaret, keeping sheep upon the green. Mm -hmm. Immediately, he commanded a knight to bring her to him, a, a non-rikt, uh, which means uh, immediately, right? And so knight went quickly to her and said that she must go with him. So he sends a knight, and he's like, hey, that, that ass chick over there. Yeah. She be my wingman and right. bring her in. Yeah. Right. Yes. So that maiden, who was so mild of cheer... So um, cheer here, meaning like surface or face. So she was like pretty, right? Okay. She answered him, as you will hear, and said that she wanted to do nothing and go nowhere with him. <laughs> so she's like, no. That's a rejection. Um, yeah. That, that's swiping left. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> she pleaded him to be courteous and to pass his way and let her be. So she wants literally nothing to do with him. And shortly then, the knight went away from that damsel to tell his tale to Olibrius the king. He told her that she would, uh, for nothing, come to him. So he says, hey, man, no doing, right? It's, 
Uh, she would not unless they caused her trouble. So he's saying, hey, you know, unless you want to like move her physically, she's not going to come. Right. 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 You have to call the lift. She ain't, right. she ain't calling on her own. She is not. No. Uh, so she called and prayed to Jesus Christ, who suffered death for us all, apparently, to defend her that no Saracen. Uh, you know what a Saracen is? I, I don't. I know there's a character in Friday Night Lights named Matt Saracen, but I don't know what a Saracen is. Okay, so Saracen is a medi medieval name for a Muslim person. Okay. So, you know, anybody who's called a Saracen in our medieval stories is probably a bad guy um, because people were hella racist, right? So, um, so she's saying that she should suffer death and a defender and that no Saracen or Muslim person should dishonor or harm her. And she besought him, uh, meaning Jesus, of his grace to aid her in every place. As she said, for your love, Lord, I will die and forsake all worldly company. So she doesn't want to get raped, which. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with her. Yeah. I don't want to get I'll raped. I'll support either. that. Yeah. Then Alibrius spoke to his men and he says, of all the men that I have here, can none of you bring her near? If I had her to me brought full soon, could I change her thought? So, it, it, you know, if, if you bring her to me, I'll change her mind. Right. Right. She shall upon my gods believe or else I would make her grieve sorely. So he wants to convert her. Okay. okay. Away from, away from. Christianity. Yeah, I guess that's what's going on here. <laughs> or just to fall in love with them. One of those things. Um, it's probably more, I think, by the way that this is going to go, the Christianity thing. But, you know, you're not wrong to read it with um, kind of thinking that he's going to persuade her to fall in love with them. Right. Um, they went again upon that maid. And so unto her, unto Margaret, they said, you must come with us to our king, Sir Alibrius. Unless you come without strife, we will take your life from you. So if you don't come, you know, uh, quietly, we're going to fuck you up, right? We're going to kill you. Sure. So Seems she pretty went, direct. It's very direct. And <laughs> she went with them, meek and still, unto the king against her will. And full fair, she greeted him. He asked her name, and she said it was Margaret. He said, if thou be born free my lemon, which I uh, love that term. That comes up a bunch of medieval uh, terms. <laughs> lemon means like sweetheart. Okay. So um, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So I will have thee as my wife to live and joy all your life. So he's saying, you know, you should come to me. Uh, and if you don't, uh, it's going to end bad for you. Uh, but if you do, here's what he says will happen. So golden riches, I will give to thee all the while that you live. She said to him quickly, so, you know, she, she thinks about this, but she says right away, I will have no earthly man except for the love of Christ alone, and I will be baptized at the fountain stone. For truth, I will never forsake him to take you as an earthly man. Wow. That's, uh, that's yet another rejection, but more poetic. Yeah, you know, I mean, she's got a pretty good... Uh, Stands she only has here. love for only has love for Jesus for God for Christ. She sure does, man. That's it. Um, yeah, let's see how it goes for her. So, <laughs> yeah, then quickly, uh, 
he says to her, we put Jesus Christ to death and did string him up on the cross until he uh, sweat water and blood. And then we crowned him with the crown of thorns. If you believe in him, you are lost. So, you know, he reminds her that uh, Christ suffered a lot of pain and that if she doesn't change her ways, she's going to follow the same. All right. And not, then, not so much a veiled threat. Not so much. No, these are not veiled threats. <laughs> uh, and she says quickly, he is a Lord of Mikkel Micht, which I love. Uh, means much power. Uh, this comes up a lot. Mikkel Might, maybe, uh, but uh, much might. And that he died on the cross for all mankind, and for that we should have him in mind. He rose from death and went to hell to destroy the fiend's power. And many should he brought out of there uh, that were in great pain. And so this is like uh, talking about the harrowing of hell. Are you familiar with that story? I am not. Uh, you don't need to feel bad. So the harrowing of hell was... Um, it's an apocryphal story where Jesus comes, uh, he literally walks after he gets killed on the cross, he goes into hell and he frees a bunch of souls who were uh, in purgatory. Oh, okay. And like uh, these are people who maybe, um, you know, did good things, but didn't know Jesus Christ. So like Buddhists who are good and it's hella contentious. Right. I'll say this, like a lot of people don't like this story. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, a highly apocryphal, as I said earlier, and I'll continue to say, but you know, um, there's a lot of people who don't like um, the harrowing of hell uh, and you can look it up for yourself. You know, um, it is not something I made up. It is definitely something that's out there. Um, the harrowing of hell by Jesus Christ. Um, shows Jesus freeing souls who maybe um, in our modern understanding, especially if you're an evangelical Christian, would really trouble you. Right. Anyway, yeah, I can imagine it. a modern reading of that to be not as po not positive. Yeah, you know, back then, um, I don't know. This is we're talking about the coming up of the Protestant movement. So, you know, uh, Roman Christianity, the Catholic church, the universal church is starting to be questioned. Um, and these are kind of the underpinnings of that, that you could have salvation, even if you were maybe not necessarily a hundred percent Catholic sure. or Christian, you know, that it was okay to be there, Muslim and be saved. Sure. There's room yeah. in heaven for everybody. Right. Right. But that, yeah. that, that idea still, I would argue is very, um, you know, very controversial yeah. Sure. Uh -huh. yeah yeah so anyway um he argued with her uh, so we're talking about um our boy here that is uh Librius, argued with her to margaret to no avail since instead he uh so instead he has her bound by her hand and her feet and he casts her into a strong prison to convince her by force and so the maid margaret wrongly lay in prison all that night and in the morning when it was day he sent for her to speak the truth right so he's calling her out of prison and is like hey will you renounce your god right right i put so, you in the box for the night now what right yeah exactly so she's been tied up bound and gag uh, which is kinky but whatever so they brought her to um sir Librius, and soon she's uh he said Olibria says to her margaret Believe upon my religion or I shall make you grieve sorely. The God that you doest believe shall not save thee from my anger. Trust in me and be my wife and live in joy all your life. 
Antioch and all Asia after my death, I will give to thee silk and gold and rich purple cloth. If I marry you, you will wear well furred with rich or miny. In all this world, there is none so fine. And with the beast meats that are in the land, I shall feed you. I understand. And Jesus Christ will be put away from your thoughts. Well, he brought out the purple cloth. He did bring out purple that, cloth. Yeah. I want, was that like a big deal? Yes. <laughs> okay. Isn't it Apparently. Weird? Yeah. yeah. So purple is the richest color in this time um, because the materials required to produce purple are super hard to get a hold of. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the dye or the color or just uh -huh. like, okay. Yeah. And it's also, it's a tie back to in Roman ages where this was a thing, but purple was the color of uh, the emperor for the same reasons. It was oh. really hard to get um, the color purple. So it's there. He also um, offers her, if you missed it, um, you know, uh, Ermine, fur in Ermine. I did hear that. What is, what is that? Er mm. Ermine. So Ermine, um, and I've gone through this with my brother, it is a um, white fur that has those black diamond spots. Okay. Yeah, if yeah. you've seen it in like, a, it, it appears in like a, um, the, where you see royalty, like a, the sword and the stone by um, the Disney, uh, right. you know, Arthur and the sword and the stone, which is actually a story I'll cover at some point. But anyway, the... Um, Ermine is uh, one of those things. So it's it's super royal. It's fur that's white, and it has like these black spots kind of dyed into it, and that's known as Ermine. He also um, gives her silk and gold and any kind of uh, beast meats that she might want. Yeah, carnivorous bastard, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I think, again, it's just hard to get a hold of meat. You know, we're talking before yeah. slaughterhouses. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Back then, I mean, purple meat. Uh, <laughs> purple Pretty meat. much everything is just hard to get a hold of. But to offer like any kind of meat you want is basically right. come to me and I'll get you some meat. Yeah. I think that's the way it goes, man, um, yeah. is that that's the idea, right? It's like uh, I am so powerful, whatever, you know, um, clothes, right? Silk, gold. See if there's anything else in here. Yeah, that's about it. Honestly, so gold or miney, uh, purple cloth, and beast meats. <laughs> I don't know. You know beast yeah. meats. It's not just prey. It's like these are the beasts. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she says, "No, I will <laughs> not do that. Jesus, I will never forsake um, for all that is on earth to take." So. Regardless of all the worldly goods that you offer me, I won't do that. And he says, it shall be seen full soon what that God will do for you. And then he bade all his servants to bind each one of her hands and feet. And the sergeants did as he commanded them. They tormented her as they were made to do. So she's bound up her hands and feet, right? Sure. So they beat her with scourges, whips, so, you know, they're, they're yeah. whipping her strongly and they tormented her with great wrong. They beat her both man and wife and fast and fast with her. Did they do strife? Uh, so maybe they struck her until the red blood fell down to her from her feet to her crown. So from her head to her feet, it was all bloody. It was just all blood. And, and they believed uh, that she had to be dead. 
so fast on her had they landed blows. So they landed blows so hard that they thought she was dead, right? And she probably should be. I mean, that's that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a yeah. lot to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not good for our Margaret, right? No. 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 Margaret Liber- is not, not, not in good shape right now. No, she's not too too hot, right? So uh, Libria stood and said, Margaret, do you think this work is good? (laughs) (laughs) Believe in my Lord and be my wife and I will no more with thee strife. Have mercy on your fair flesh and on your skin that is so tender. And then so Margaret to Jesus Christ cries, uh, who died for the love of man and a religion was born so that mankind should not be lost. So there's kind of proselytizing going on there. And then uh, she says, these pains that I suffer and endure are full sweet, I think. All the pains that I hear endure be sweeter to me than anything alive. So she's kind of just talking shit. Okay, right. yeah. Like, she probably no can't feel pain anymore at this point. I don't know, but she is into it apparently, right? <laughs> so Olivia said to a surgeon, then, she feels nothing of all this woe. For all the pains we give to her, she will not believe in our gods. He bade his surgeons that they should torment her immediately. The sergeants did as he commanded. Little mercy did they show her, and with their nails they drew her flesh like hounds had bit her. So, you know, they're they're hitting her so hard, it's almost like uh, dogs ripping out her flesh, right? Yeah. And her eyes that were so bright, they put them out and marred her sight. So they literally clawed her eyes out. Okay. Well, he's okay. They did her both pain and woe and tore her liver from the flesh also. So, you know, they also he, took out her liver. Why not? He's got some issues with rejection. Uh, yeah. So many of the people who were there were full, were full sorry in their hearts and said to her standing there when they saw her thus torn, they said, fair maiden Margaret, thou art so fair and so sweet turn to him and by his wife and argue not with him anymore. So be his wife, right? Like, uh, you know, um, just marry this Alibrius so that he doesn't tear you to pieces anymore. For thee, Margaret, we have care and wish that you would be saved. And then she says, after you, I cannot do this. Go your way, she says. Go away from me and repent for me that you will endure and torment as you think is both good and evil. And they shall be rewarded according to their will. So whoever does unto me, whatever you think you need to do is going to be rewarded to you. The angel of Christ comes to me as fast as he can come and go. Uh, okay. So, so go back, go back a second. So she, she's saying to them, those, those of you who are beating me, you're going to, you're going to still be forgiven. Yeah, I think that's the idea. She's saying, um, like, you're I will not go... do what you say, but do what you want to do. If you repent for me and see me endure this torment, uh, you know, whoever whoever thinks this is a bad idea is going to be rewarded. Like Jesus knows what's in your heart, so I know yeah, you're doing yes. this because your your leader is telling you to do this. But I, but as long as you know it's bad, you're going to be cool. I I read it Ish. in a similar fashion to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's yeah. kind of what it sounds like is she's kind of being like, I forgive you. 
Yeah, and that would make sense with um, what we can eventually talk about later, how fucked up <laughs> fucking medieval society was towards women. But anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> then says Alibrius with uh, wicked words, he says, Margaret, I have such power that I have made you blind, right? So I, I can make you blind. Besides, you had your sight, now you have none through my might. Believe in my God. Uh, though you are a maiden. And she says, no, I won't do it. Um, your God that you believe in are as dumb as any stone, so your God suck. Uh, my Lord is full kind to me, and he shall never go out of my mind. If your hope was to do what you will, both hard and soft to my flesh, to tear the skin from my bones, you will never get the power of my soul. So he says to her, I'm going to put you in prison then. In a deep prison, you shall be laid. In prison shall your body lie, your fair flesh to be destroyed. You shall be bound hand and foot with bonds of great strong iron. So he's going to bind her in a deep, dark prison of iron. And Jesus Christ, she said uh, unto him, so she's kind of praying for him now. Sure. May uh, you deliver me whenever you will. And so they took her to prison. An angel came down to her full soon uh, and was shining as bright as the sun. So she does have an angel coming up. Um, but what do you what do you think about her situation? Well, she's in a tight spot. Um, is she, I mean, she's incredibly strong is what it sounds like this person is in her devotion, right? Her faith that that she will be taken care of in the afterlife but it's kind of like seems like a real challenge here <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah what, what are you getting i don't know what she's getting out of this other than kind of feeling of like i know i'm right yes i'm 100 percent with you yes yeah. and i think um well it's really interesting that you say that so let's let's move forward a little bit and see what uh kind of happens here okay so with part of the cross um, that God uh, was placed on. So he brings part of the cross, the, this angel that came down to her is bringing part of the literal cross that Christ was hung on to Margaret. And he says to her uh, with this literal piece of the cross. So he's got like, I don't know, like a two by four. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. you know. Sure, like, yeah. Yeah, so he's not says, just like a nugget in his hand. He's no, got like no, he has like yeah. a part of it, right? And right. so like, and this seems like a, a holy weapon, okay? It's going to be sure. used as a holy weapon. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Um, so it's kind of badass, but he, he comes down and he's like, because I don't know how to make uh, sense of that too, that you can use a weapon that he cross as a weapon to blow shit up but you can apparently it's, it's, it's totally fine powerful well it's like holy water with with uh, <laughs> vampires right sure, like this man. is the stuff okay yeah, sure so it makes sense if you're crazy dude so that's where i want to go with it but anyway um Blessed thou art uh, in all of heaven. So the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Lord and King of the, of the Most Mighty, uh, thy cross to thee he has sent to defend against thy enemies. So he literally comes down and he's like, hey, here's the two by four of Christ, as we said, to defend yourself against the enemies, right? 
And she says, Lord, uh, blessed thou be that this gift you have sent me. Almighty God, I pray to you that you may grant me a boon today. So I want you to grant me a favor today that I may see with my sight um, what they be who thus have tormented me. So I want to see with my own vision the people who have been fucking tormenting me, right? Oh, okay. I heard that a different way. How did you hear it? I heard it as I want to see things from their perspective. I want to oh, know okay. what they're thinking. I, I like that see. that perspective. Yeah. Um, and that is like a super modern reading. Here's what the angel says. Um, the angel bade her to doubt not for to heaven she should be brought. So there is no tongue that might tell of the joy that was made of you this night with all the melody that is in heaven to name you made Margaret. Um, and so there is a um, kind of, our editor says that the word that's used to describe her, Nevin, has an alternate reading. Uh, and the, narr the editor writes, uh, Bear preserves an intriguing alternate reading of Wiefna to wed um, this would further identify Margaret as a bride of Christ, a role often imagined for nuns and anchoresses. So like, it could be that instead of saying, um, you know, that uh, she's made Margaret um, who is by herself more that she's a bride of Christ. Okay. And that they, they, matters. They made her a bride of Christ. Right. Because right. that would be more priestly in a way. Mm. Versus just saying like, hey, you know, I really believe in Christ by myself. So it's a really thin, um, it would have meant more in the medieval ages, I think. But anyway, uh, by the great of almighty God, uh, there immediately she has her sight. So her vision returns, her eyes are healed. Like, okay, right away. Uh, then the holy angel went from her of him. She saw no more. So she doesn't see this angel who gave her. The two by four of Christ. Okay. But she still has that, that yeah. wood piece. Yeah, 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 she does. Yeah. yeah. So she looked a little by her side and saw a dragon by her glide that was of color as green as grass. Okay. Uh, we're bringing dragons into it. Okay. Margaret could have seized it. It was so close. She saw that it has hideous blazing fire that out of his mouth burned bright. And she right. was afraid of that sight. She fell down onto the ground for fear. She trembled in that place. And he took her into his mouth immediately. He swallowed her up, body and bone. And when he had so done, then he went no further, but burst upon the ground. Did he eat the two by four too? Yeah. So he ate okay. her in the two yeah. by four. And the second he did, he exploded. He, sure. Yeah. Because of the power of the two by four. I think yes. Right. It says <laughs> right. the maiden came forth safe and sound. And it was Christ's will that within him, the dragon, she suffered no ill. But upon the dragon, she stood with glad heart and mild mood and thanked Jesus of his might that she had overcome that foul wheat, which is creature. And she understood well that it was through the virtue of the cross. So the, the power of the two by four got her out of this random dragon that swallowed her. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Is he getting metaphorical here? Is like the dragon is that? No, like... I think it's a real dragon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
because to be uh, clear. Yeah. it continues that foul dragon was slain there through god's might and her prayer soon yeah. went from the dragon an even fouler creature came to her okay a so there's even a worse baddie out there after she had blown out of this dragon right this is quick boss level <laughs> i don't know what you want me to say i told you this is all fucking insane Hit me. What, what's what comes after the dragon? What's that? I don't know. Hold on. One second. Okay. So uh I told you though, this shit's interesting because it's it, not, it never goes where you want it to go. No, it took a Shyamalan. Like I didn't know <laughs> that there was gonna be fantastical creatures. Oh yeah, not just one. There's a second one. Okay, and apparently he's even worse. <laughs> so yeah, so uh a grizzly sight for truth. He was. So this is, you know, uh, the second one, uh, and he's bad. A fowler beast never a man had seen. So pretty bad. <laughs> to him she went, I understand. And that's the narrator. That's not me saying. Um, and that with the holy cross in her hand and, she, and smote upon him. So the fins. And our editor tells us that Finn could be um, all sorts of shit. Like it could be the wings of this beast. So anyway, like it's he's she's hitting this creature on his fins and we don't know what fins means is essentially what we come to it's his uh, toe it's his big sure toe. yeah they, he might not endure her blows so like he, he this is too much for him and the staff uh the cross that was so long thought that christ might be so strong down to the ground she cast him and with her wimple so that's her headscarf. Apparently, she's got a scarf she's like a Muslim, because this is like in Muslim lands. Okay. So, you know, back then, these things are very confounded, which is interesting for us today, because I don't think any of us thought about Margaret having a headscarf, like a fucking, you know. Yeah. No, Dev didn't picture it that way. No. No, but back then, you probably would have. Like, right. why wouldn't she be wearing her headscarf, her wimple? Right. Yeah. So anyway, she has this and she bounds the dude with her headscarf, her wimple. So and uh, again, I don't know what she would back with his fins, I guess. Yeah. And then she steps. It says in his neck, she set her foot to strive with her. It was used to him, she said. So, uh, you know, uh, this this beast is saying to her, I command thee. Tell me what thou art, for thou art so loathly a thing that I must know what you are. I have never seen a beast that was so loathly to look upon. Um, and that might be actually her to him. So I think that's her to him saying that. And he says, for my Lord's sake, take your foot from my neck. I have traveled wide by water and land, yet I have never been so sorely bound. My name is Belgius. And our editor has a note for this. The names of these devils are Belgis and Jeffron. And there are misreadings of the names maybe uh, from uh, Mombriturus, which is a Latin text and has some related vernacular versions, possibly. But they name them as Beelzebub and Rufinius or Rufus. So, but anyway, these guys are Belgis and Jeffron. Jeffrey. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so he says, Jeffron is my brother whom you slew in the world. We did plenty of sorrow. Okay. So these are demons. These are demons. Yeah. Jeff, Jeffrey and Belgis. Yeah. Bel Jeff. Belton. Jeff. You know, you know, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff died. Yeah. She blew Jeff up from inside out. 
right with the with the two by four the holy two by four right yeah she just and bust she, out of them i guess crippled beelzebub Belgium. yeah 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 you're getting this pretty good sure. yeah that's better than i did i think in my <laughs> telling so uh kudos to you so dead and burst this is what bell just says now dead and burst is my brother and you have overcome me i see no other way when we were both together we made the son we made many sons to slay their fathers okay we slaughtered people day and night we did all the sorrow that we could in dragon's form we came to deprive you of wit and make you become crazy whoa which is a medieval way of saying crazy. So the king, Sir Alibrius, in his likeness, sent us to destroy you and your fair body with uh, our craft and necromancy. So necromancy. Yeah. Yeah, that's like bad magic, right? So he's, say, he's saying Alibrius basically conjured us to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my head pain is so strong that I'm going to not suffer this very long. So this demon is like, you know, he's still stepped on by St. Margaret. So he's like, uh, I hurt. Don't do this. <laughs> my way is not through earth, but by the wind I flee, all that I see I will destroy. So he's like, you know, uh, he's not a good guy up until yeah. the end. Where I command a woman with child, there I went woed and wild. So like went crazy. And if the child wasn't christened, this is the, the demon talking, right? So if the child was not baptized, um, he made the leg and arm crooked. So, you know, like if you were pregnant okay. and you didn't baptize your child, he would fuck it up and make it, uh, you know, a lame mm. child. Right, part of part of his wreaking havoc. Yeah. Now, uh, the editor tells us that Saint Margaret is the patron saint of uh, children with deformities. No kidding. Yeah. So that's probably where they added this shit. Um, Uh, So you know, if you have a child with birth defects, uh, you know, you might pray to Saint Margaret to make it all right. Okay. Yeah. So um, this uh, demon. Uh, Belgis continues. I wrought great sorrow and woe. I made one neighbor, one neighbor to slay the other. I went into the field and unto the plow, and I tore apart the beast that was carrying the plow wherever I went. <laughs> I caused great distress. I took great joy in all of this. <laughs> just, like, yeah, so he's just. I would like asshole. destruction because I have no patience. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> A lot of anger issues. He's got a lot of anger issues. That <laughs> I'm is gonna true. tear apart a cow in the field. Yeah, why the fuck not? Just because <laughs> just cause. Yeah. No rhyme or reason. No, man, it's cool. Don't need one. Yeah. No. So when uh Solomon the wise was alive, uh into a brass barrel, he drove us. He did bury us in a hill soon after against our will. Men of Babylon came to us, they dug us out and let us go. So essentially they're saying like how you how you release demons right so like solomon had captured these demons but they were left out from men of babylon uh when they mined in the ground they ought to have found gold and silver there was on the earth us flying more than fifteen thousand were in the wind some are swifter than a doe some are swifter than a roe which is a, a type of deer some are swifter than a swallow and some are swifter than an arrow 
And all that in Christ believe, we did vex them and make them sorely grieve, both in town and in the field. We afflicted many a wife and a child. We destroyed fruit that was growing on the earth and drove ships down that were on the seas sailing. <laughs> this was our labor and our delight to do Christian people spite. Now I pray you let me go. I have told you every detail of my story. <laughs> he has said a lot with her foot on his neck. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, yeah. you know, um, and he's a bad guy. I think we can all agree that this guy a, sucks. Yeah. yeah. He's in a lot of pain and he's just confessing everything. Yeah. 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 She's Wonder Woman right now. She is totally Wonder Woman right now. Yeah. And we're going to come back to that because uh, remember what I told you at the beginning? What, what's a big thing about saints? They all got to what? They all got to die. They all got to die. Yeah. Hagiography hey, is uh, all about people dying. Does it seem like she's losing? Uh, it did. Now it seems like she's on a comeback. Okay. So, yeah. Margaret says to that foul creature, I command thee by Christ's might and in God's holy name that you never more will cause more shame, but sink down into hell forevermore there to dwell. So sink uh, down, thou foul fiend, to be there forever. And she sank down by God's might through the prayer of that virgin bright, the holy maid that had all this trouble in the strong castle where she was kept in a day and in a night. All this had experienced the maiden bright, and she thanked God for his grace that she could overcome them in that place. So the dragon guy dies, essentially, right? The, the Belgians. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he's gone. How do you feel about that? Well, delighted. Good. He's done a lot of bad things, and he's done his, his, he's done his time. His job is done. Good. So Alibrius isn't done yet, though. Yeah. Um, the second day in the afternoon, Alibrius sent for her soon. The sergeants were ready to go, and out of prison, they brought her then. With the holy cross in her hand um, that she used to disgrace the fiends, he saw her come as fair of flesh and blood as she ever was. So, like, she wasn't injured. Right. She's all cleaned and up and thought, got her eyes yeah, back. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And he's like, what the fuck, right? So, uh, Alibria said to uh, Margaret, made Margaret, I pray thee that thou will do my will. And she says... Uh, cursed are the gods that you would have me believe in. They are cursed and full of sin, for they be of Satan's kind. Dan, nah, fucking metal. Nailed it. Nailed I will it. never have them in mind. When you think all is going as you wish, they will bring you great mischief. Therefore, I urge and counsel you to believe in my Lord that is so free, that made thee and me and every man that is most intelligent and virtuous man. Therefore, believe upon him and be baptized at the font stone, the fountainhead. The, right, the fountain stone. Sure. Yeah, he sure. wants her to, or she wants him to become baptized and clean. Right. Do you think that's going to happen, Joe? I'm going to lean no. It's no. Yeah, you are correct, sir. So he says uh, to her in that space, I will wager a crown of gold that my gods are true and your God is less. Therefore, I bid you to hold your peace. Then he said unto his servants, I charge you every man that you pour upon her head, seething oil and boiling lead. Uh, you Sure. You got a kink. You got to do it. Yes. If you were that servant, you might be like, well, that seems a bit much. Scald her from head and to the foot until she converts and asks for mercy. That's what he says. Okay. 
he's he's asking a lot here. Is he? I feel like if you pour scalding water and lead on her over and over again, she's probably not going to say much. So the next line is that they tormented her then full sore with oil and hot lead over her more until her flesh fell as it were water out of a well. Yeah. That's that's not an image that's friendly. No. Yeah. Well, her flesh <laughs> is falling. Dripping as off. It were yeah. Water coming out of a well. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, I got the image. Okay, I just wanted to let it sink in there because it's literally like you wanted to let it drip all words. over me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't dwell. The, the thing is, I think that if you were to retell this in a modern telling, you would spend more time on that. Here, it's like six words and they move on, dude. They're like, whatever. It's just yeah. like, it's a matter of fact. This is just yeah. what happened. I'm telling you the fact. Yeah, you know, I mean, her skin just fell off, it just slept off. You know. So then they said to that holy maid, believe in our gods. And she said, somehow she can talk, I defend myself against them and believe in Christ without end. Cursed be they that on their gods think or write about them with paper and ink. So, you know, um, you shouldn't do this, right? They had no power to kill her, the text says. The Holy Cross kept her well. So that piece of, you know, the, the Holy two by four, sure. apparently it's good. <laughs> apparently it's got some power. Apparently it is all good. So he commanded her immediately though to be placed in a vat of water, dare to be sent uh, all her heart and heat to be quenched. So that's uh, the um, uh, uh, Librius, that guy, uh, uh, Librius is uh, saying, let's throw her in a giant pot of water. Okay. Yeah, uh, she's already like halfway boiled, so. Right, and so as soon as she saw the water, she thought she would be christened there. So she's thinking she's going to be baptized oh, there. Baptism. And she says, in Christ's holy name, here I take baptism and defy their blame. Immediately, thunder began to burst, and people fled away from there quickly. Angel took her out of the water then so that they might see it. So again, she's being lifted out of the water. Right. Every man turned to her immediately uh, to believe many a thousand before it was evening. So like she converted people's faith right there. I would. Yeah. If you're seeing an angel lift her out of the water. Yeah. Right. And so it says both old people and young turned to her and her song on Jesus Christ. Did they believe both maid, child and wife? That's more than both, but whatever. That's uh, <laughs> what the medieval text tells us. The king saw immediately that he could do no harm to her. He called to Malchus, that was his man killer, his executioner. Right. Malchus? Malchus the man killer. Yes. Malchus the man killer. Got it. That is a hell of a title. Yes. It's a hell of a name. Yes. I'll tell you it, that. A hundred percent. I'm with you. And so in every place, and he bade him that he should take her fast into his power and lead her outside of town. So he's saying, Malchus, you got to take this bitch. You got to take her outside of town. <laughs> You got to fucking chop her head off, right? Yeah. And in a fire, he should burn her and bring her out of life that she no more with the king would cause strife. So, you know, once he killed her, burn her. Cremate her. Do the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And when she came into that place, there she should be put unto death. Uh, much peril follow her, though, um, just as fast as they might go. Soon the sun turned black and the thunder began to crack. 
the folk were afraid in that moment they, that they fell to the ground for fear. They were so afraid, though, that they knew neither well nor woe. So, you know, um, as he's leading her out to this place, the sky turns black, right? Full eclipse or whatever. Everybody calls to her knees. Thunder's clapping. Nobody knows what's going on. There's no good. There's no bad. It's just a big hurricane of what the hell's going on right now. Yeah. And soon the, the Lord sent an angel into the place where she should be burnt because all saints have to be what? Burnt. Have oh, to be killed, killed, right? Killed, yeah, yeah, but, sure. You know, burning yeah. is, yeah. Burn is fine. And that angel said to her with mild voice, blessed thou art today in heaven. This day in heaven shall thou be crowned before Christ's majesty. And Malchus, this executioner, heard the words that the angel spoke and thought he would not do her violence. So he's like, I can't execute you. Oh, you Malchus know? has turned. Yeah, he kneels down upon the ground and asks for mercy. And then he saw in that place a multitude of angels that were th there with her. So, you know, he sees all this going down. And he lays down his sword and he says, Maiden, I ask for mercy. Then spoke the virgin bright and she says to him, Brother, if it is your will, wait for me a little while and let me my prayer to Jesus Christ uh, who saved me dearly. And quickly in this way shall you ride away from me. The Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, Lord and King of the Most Mighty, who made all the world from nothing and saved mankind of a flower who were born so you should not be lost. Jesus Christ, I beseech thee to grant me a boon this day. These people who are here with me, who all worship you in my mind, do honor me. Let them never be bound in pain, nor may they find themselves in deadly sin. All they hear or read my torment or who do all in my name, Jesus Christ, give them a reward, uh, the bliss of heaven for their good deeds. So whoever prays to me, y'all goody, right? You remembered me. Yay. Yeah. All right. she's, she's talking the high words. She is. Uh, if any woman be with child, so she goes on, right? Oh boy. Clearly. Um, I pray to our lady meek and mild that her pains will be unbound and that the baby will be delivered safe and sound. Jesus Christ, I beseech thee that when she calls upon you, that you would be their sucker and that they do the cross honor. Right. So again, um, you know, whoever kind of calls upon my name, you're going to be heard and, and God's going to take care of you. Right. And all yeah. who worship my day, the saints day. Um, so in this case, we have like a, an actual day or honor me as they may, or hear my memory day or night with good heart or candlelight. I beseech thee for thy glory. Let them never die in sin. So again, anybody who prays for me or remembers me on my holy day, uh, they're never going to go to hell, right? They're going to, yeah, they're going to be good. Yeah. Wherever that body be. And at any time, anyone who carries my life with them, either man or child or wife on that soul, have mercy and that the fiend do them no harm. Okay. It's a lot so, of religious shit. So yeah, protect. I'm going to protect everyone who's with me. So the Lord heard her prayer soon and granted her all our moon. So uh, if you do any of this shit, you're good. You're into heaven, according to medieval English texts. You can, wow. you know, say that's not true later, but that's all between you and medieval priests. Okay, my friend. <laughs> Immediately, she said thus and spoke to Malchus. So now, remember, she's still alive, right? Right. Okay. Of course she so, is. Yeah, of course. Right. Well, she's fucking fucked up a bunch of people, right? <laughs> yeah. She's wrecking she can't be killed, demons dude. and can't yeah, be, yeah, you know, yeah. gets her eyes back. I mean, come on. She's got the two by four of Christ, dude. You damn She'll right. She'll fuck you up. Yeah. You so 
She says she spoke to Malchus, who's this executioner, the man killer for uh, Odysseus, right? And she bade him that she should fulfill and do all his Lord's will. So she wants Malchus to cut her head off. Oh, really? Even though he like put a knee down and said, no, I'm, I'm yeah. Done. And Malchus says, I won't do that. Even if you offer me um, everything that, uh, you know, in the future, for I have seen the Lord that you believe in. And she said, sir, you have to do what I tell you to do. Take your sword and smite off my head. That's literally what she says. Damn. Take your sword and smite off my head. For God has forgiven thee for what I am asking you to do, even though it is against your will to fulfill that commandment. Into paradise you shall go forever. Wow. Malchus. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gamble for him to trust her there. I think so, right? (laughs) I think that's more of our, our modern reading. But, you know, here's the thing. She has become so powerful in this story mm-hmm. that it, the only person who has agency to kill her is herself. Is herself. Yeah, yeah. Nothing and that might be the most feminist shit that has ever gone down in medieval history. That's yeah. a badass point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, literally, she has to be like, no, you motherfucker. You're going to kill me. Yeah. She basically names her way to die. Yeah. This is how I'm going to die. It's you. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, nah, dude, I don't want to do it. And she's <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. This is what you were born to do. Right? Like, you've got to do this. Yeah. And I don't know what to make of this, <laughs> Mr. Jopez. And this is probably the most interesting part of the story. So anyway, Malchus heard her say this speech and he drew his sword and he smote her head off as he was commanded to do. Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael... So the Ninja Turtles show up, sure. right? Uh, and Archangel Michael, uh, who is seen as the slayer of dragons and demons, uh-huh. as St. Margaret has become, by the way. In church art, she is often seen, still to this day, smoting um, dragons, smiting dragons. Oh, no kidding. No, uh, awesome. 100%. If you see a woman smiting a dragon in a Catholic church, uh, probably 9 out of 10 that that's Ms. Maggie, St. Maggie, mm. St. Margaret. Wow. Um, with joy and blessed melody, they bore her soul to heaven on high. So all the big mm-hmm. saints come down, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, and they bring her up. Before the Lord, they brought her, um, and to him she was beloved and dear. Uh, Theopi, uh, the great clerk, and our editor has a note for this one, uh, looks like uh, it might have been Theophile or Theodesius. And if you're noticing, like Theo means God. Mm. Theseus is like he who talks of God, right? Like, so uh, all of these are um, kind of like fake witnesses, uh, but they name um, kind of the one who loves God. Um, so it's it's pretty much people who remember Margaret's life and work and they live on his memory. And uh, she becomes kind of famous in Asia because of this too. So, okay. you know, it's kind of like with... a woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a big tie between also like, you couldn't be as a woman, uh, you couldn't be necessarily have power if you were married. You couldn't have power if you were single, but you could have power if you were religious. Oh, oh that's interesting because you're basically tying yourself to the most powerful entity uh, organization. Right. And early Christianity in uh, especial was looking for women um, who maybe, you know, were left and they had, um, some, uh, 
you know, Christianity was dangerous back then. You know, yeah, um, yeah. you you would get killed for believing you were Christian. So um, it wasn't just the men that they were proselytizing to, but they realized that you could double your audience by having women become Christian too, right? And that women had money because in this point they could inherit their their dead husband's mm. um, uh, treasure. So maybe their husband was killed for martyrdom. But now they were able to uh, have some kind of agency and give to the church in a way that was maybe uh, more uh, um, fiduciary than theological, right? So like uh, in a more uh, monetary way, right? Right? Like churches run on money. Like I hope sure. that's not you know, something no, no, that's that, weird that, to my audience. But that's yeah. very, uh, yeah, that's very obvious. Yeah, and this is pretty much where uh, the story ends. It says, okay. to Antioch, they brought her with God's intent. They built a chapel in her name. All that were sick and lame together went there, and they uh, went home whole and sound through the grace of God Almighty and by prayer of that bright maiden. Um, now the uh, narrator speaks to the reader, and he says, Jesus, give us grace that we may live uh, unto your bliss wherever we go. To this life of the virgin I have read on a Tuesday, she uh, quick and dead, alive and dead, that have story in mind with clean thought and kind heart. Uh, though the prayer of St. Margaret that in heaven we may meet by the prayer of the noble maiden that we may go to your joy to dwell there and see your face. Lord God, therefore give us grace. Pray we may all be it so. Amen, amen for charity. Amen, quod rate. Yeah. Wow. So may God bless us. Yeah. So there it is, buddy. How do you that feel? An intense Tuesday. That is, um, that's quite something. Uh, I could see what you're saying though, with that she's like the saint to like the crippled, right? Is that what you're saying? Um, yes, she is currently seen as the um, patron saint of um, crippled children. Right. So, you know, because if anybody, like, yeah, exactly, or a. Uh, um, Children with birth defects. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, also like it, that kind of shines through in the story of of not just kind of mentioning, you know, the the threat to pregnant mothers and their and their unborn children, but like she rehealed, like she healed a couple times. It became a new, you know, and sort of just like said, There is power even if I've been broken. Yeah, and this is a popular trope in um, saints' lives, you know, that she's able to overcome uh, severe torture. I don't know what we make about that torture, though, itself, you know, like, um, you know, there, there's definitely something in medieval ideology where you just want to torture the shit out of your enemies, you know? Yeah, so. right, but does that come out of, like, the 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 suffering of Jesus, like the, the, with Christianity, like the more you're tortured, the more you're, you're suffering and going to reach salvation. You know, that is a fantastic point, Mr. Joe. Um, I think so. Um, I've seen passion uh, plays of uh, Christ and stuff. Mm -hmm. And some of them would have him, um, you know, like it, it's all plays, right? Like, so it's done in person, but they would have two by fours and stuff and like wood and they would snap them to signify like the suffering of Christ. You know, it's exactly the, the movie that, you know, um, Mel Gibson made of the passion of Christ, right? Like we focus yeah. on that part of the suffering of Christ versus maybe, um, you know, like why isn't there a movie done about how Christ is talking about feeding the homeless, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody right. wants that movie. Right. Like, yeah, it's well, this it movie could be sells like, better. 
it's yeah that's the thing right there's this mix of we want to show suffering but also people are just interested in if it bleeds it leads right and so we we need to give them that colorful version of 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 how to be a good christian yeah and that's where i think this um i don't know man there's there's two places where i like to walk this text um when i think about it in in kind of like a a heavy place the one place I want to walk this text is to showing that um, women can be badasses. Definitely. You know, um, because this doesn't happen. This is an apocryphal text, by the way. Like, you know, uh, this is one of those things that evangelical Christians love to not do is they don't like to mention these texts. So they'll they'll worship they'll worship the saint, but they won't talk about. They why. won't even worship saints. I mean, you know, like uh, uh, worshiping saints is a very Roman Catholic thing, right? But like uh, evangelical Christians will not acknowledge texts like this as being biblical. They'll say they're apocryphal, right? They're not part of the Bible. There is a um, a gospel of Mary Magdalene. I think I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you know, like evangelicals will not recognize it. They don't want to recognize it. Um, but should it be recognized? Probably, you know, Roman Catholics don't recognize it either, you know. Um, but it's it's the same kind of idea that there's powerful women in the Bible that become very problematic. Look at this text, for instance, right? Like who kills Maggie at the end of this? Well, the executioner, but she does herself. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. She eventually is so powerful in this text that she's like, no, bitch, I I'm going to command my own death. Right. You know, I, I, I would say, yeah, ultimately, yeah, Malchus does, right, this uh, executioner. But uh, who ultimately condemns herself? She does, right? Yeah. Nowhere in the Bible. Yes. Yeah. Independent uh, woman. Yeah. And, and uh, Yes. And what do you do with that in terms of like a, a modern um, kind of religious reading? I think you struggle with it. And, you know, what it shows is that one, you know, if you're going to really take into account where religious texts go, this is a really interesting text because it just has a woman who is able to kind of uh, uh, be at the center of Christum and control power. And up to her, you know, she has so much agency that she has to cause her own death, right? And you don't find that anywhere else in medieval literature. There's a couple of stories that are like this, um, but, uh, you know, by the 16th, 17th, 18th century, they're all gone, man. And why? Because misogyny takes precedence. Sure. And that these yeah. stories become less and less popular, not by accident, but on purpose. You know, oh yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. it's like suppressed down. It's amazing that like the text even survived. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not many. Um, uh, I want to say this one comes from Codex Ashmole sixty one, where I get a lot of um, text from. And if that's the case, then this one is a, a text that is literally unique, and is the only extant copy. Um, but you know, like, there's a couple of texts in here that really problematize how we like to think of Christianity. But if you, you, you actually go back and you look at what Christians were, there was lots of really brave women uh, who did a lot in the early Christian church and that were celebrated, but that eventually got taken out by the patriarchy 
to form a narrative that we currently have and that's fucked up that's messed up it doesn't surprise me but it's it's messed up yeah you know and that's i said there were two cool things about this text that's the first one the second cool thing about this text is the fucking dragons (laughs) i was just i was literally gonna make a joke and be like dude it's the dragons and then let you talk it's the dragons right yeah like 100 percent i i you never you never really piece that together of like oh christianity and dragons yeah sure we're gonna see them together you know and his name's jeff 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 the dragon it's amazing jeff jeff ron or something jeff ron yeah you nailed it yeah but jeff ron it just it it feels like a a name you would like your hairstylist is jeff ron (laughs) and i don't mean that it's like it's just like oh jeff ron that's your yeah. it's just hanging out you know oh yeah um that that yeah that was amazing and the, and i like how the first dragon just kind of like appears and then is killed within like seconds oh yeah well the the first <laughs> dragon uh and i i did go over it quickly but literally swallows her and then is exploded right yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's like you you think that's the bad boss and he just explodes within seconds yeah that's great oh yeah and then the other yeah. one's just getting like, hey, I got a foot on my neck. Let me tell you my life story. Yeah, and she ties him up. with, You know, I mean, she's just a total this badass, yeah. this whole story. Um, you know, whatever harm is inflicted upon her, she arises over it. Whatever monsters are thrown at her, she fucks up, you know, um, with her two by four of Christ. <laughs> like, I don't right. know. It's a hard thing to swallow, too, but it's just there. It's you know? the, that, that's actually, for me, easier to swallow than the dragon's. <laughs> it's like there's this holy piece of the cross which i had never thought about before you know because you think about like there's the grail and there's like the blood of christ and holy water but right. like a piece of the cross oh yeah that's actually i don't think i've ever seen that before or read that before this is common um there is um the dream of the rude so rude um r-o-o-d is a word that is synonymous with the cross mm. So uh, the rude is a very important part of early Christian kind of doctrine. And the reason, in some ways, it becomes personified. Like the dream of the rude, it definitely becomes personified. Um, and that's one of the oldest. Uh, it's from the Exeter book. It's, it's one of the oldest. It's with Beowulf, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're talking super old, like 900 um, AD, uh, you know, uh, 10th century text, medieval text. But the, the rude is seen as like um the the personification of like uh, jesus's will but like it's like a person backing him up because and this this goes deep man like but um the the medieval like the worst thing you could do in medieval days was be banished like let's say you really fucked up joe or marcel marcel (laughs) fucks up a lot of things marcel really fucked up right so Marcel gets fucking, you know, they, they have a council and they're like, Marcel, you really fucked up a lot of things, right? And uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, cool. So they're like, okay, you know, we can't have you be part of our, our, our tribe. You are going to be banished. And it doesn't sound that bad, right, Joe? Because you're like, okay, so what? You just, you know, you move onward. But really, in medieval days, like being banished was like the worst thing that could happen to you. Like, because now you have no access to anything. Like, 
I don't know if you know how th- how hard things are to make, right? Like I've done some some outdoorsing, <laughs> but like let's say you wanted to just get honey, right? And let's say you wanted to get honey, and you also wanted to get like spinach, and you also wanted to get um, let's say like a, a lamb, right? Do you know how hard those things are to get just out and wild? <laughs> like, just, like, I can only imagine. It's not. It's certainly not. Doesn't sound easy. No. It's not a one-person task. No. Okay, is what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, uh, so like the person that's got to make honey has to really have an understanding of how to make like an estuary and you know right. like how to how to fucking work with bees and. All that stuff. The person who's going to hunt lamb, same thing, you know, um, or who's going to get a lamb, right? Because I think lamb is just like a baby cow. Uh, so, you know, like, but, but you got to understand these things and, and it right. takes a lot, right? So if you're not in society, if you don't have access to these people who are doing these things, you will not get them. And you will not survive. Right. So being a part of the society is important. Yes. And so the worst thing that can happen is when you get excluded from society. And that's literally like in Beowulf, they talk about Grendel, who is somebody who has been cast out from society. You know, um, he's somebody who doesn't have access to the meat hall, you know, um, that kind of thing. Uh, And that's the way that it goes here. That's why um, I think Maggie here is kind of interesting or these dragons, maybe like why they work in Maggie is because Maggie kind of brings them back into society by killing them. You know, um, it's, it's all bizarre. Giving them a death. (laughs) Yeah. And same thing with Malchus, like he enters into some kind of society of Christ when he kills Margaret. Right. That's an interesting read. Yeah. No, it's all, again, there's parts of medieval society that are really hard to reconcile with our modern understanding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, like you were saying, it's easy to put a modern spin on on what they were trying to say, but to interpret what these stories were meant to be read at at the time is where you bring in a guy like what's his name, Shuffleworth, Shuffleton, Shuffleton, yeah, Shuffleton, George Shuffleton. He shuffles right in and tells you how it's done. Yeah. Oh yeah, George Shuffleton is the man. By the way, that guy. Um, he did all of Codex Ashmole sixty one, and he is fantastic. Wow. So, um, yeah, uh, it is the end of our podcast, Mister Joe. Is, is there anything the you want to plug? You know, um, I don't know that I have much to plug. I've I've got a short film you might be able to see online soon called "Have Wine Will Travel." It's a nice comedy short and should be available within the next few months uh, to the general public. Yeah. And I will absolutely make a space on the uh, (laughs) website, which will be armed soon. I, uh, you know, this, this actually marks my fifth podcast that I have finished, which means uh, I got to actually put this shit online. So um, someone's got to hear it. I guess, man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's probably logical. Yeah. So I am going to figure out how to put this online. Um, this is also my first recorded podcast. So I'm really excited to see how the uh, audio quality turns out. And I Wait, how did you, you do the that. other ones? Uh, in person. Oh, I see. I see. You mean like a virtual. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is the first podcast where I'll be taking the audio file and throwing it in. I, I think it'll Dang. work out fine. 
Hopefully, yeah. If you find my voice annoying and it just didn't work, delete it. Oh, yeah, we'll edit you straight out and put in uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, just have someone. Yeah, Owen Wilson saying, Wow, uh, (laughs) wow, oh, wow. Oh my gosh, wow, what's up? That's a better podcast. If anybody's done that, <laughs> sweet Jesus Christ. That is a far better podcast than oh, what Margaret. I Yeah, I know Margaret. She's like, great. Wow. <laughs> it's just wow. Every time I say anything, it's just wow. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> a different wow, but a wow. Yeah. Oh man. Nice. Uh, Joe, now well, I'm it sorry was a pleasure. I was a, a guest. <laughs> Uh, it was a pleasure yes. and an honor i'm glad man uh so uh we'll look uh on that so uh, tell me again what was that so it's a short comedy a short short uh, comedy sci-fi called have wine will travel and it's about just the woman on the at the end of a rope having a bad hangover and she runs into three time travelers oh wow that does sound actually really cool it was fun so. Yeah. Listeners, definitely check that out. Um, we'll throw a link on there when we can. And yeah, thanks, Joe. This was uh, really fun. Um, I you, hope Marcel. you uh, had a good time and uh, we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. Peace.